Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. August 14th, 1971, <laughs> Palo Alto, California. It's a hot summer morning. A 22-year-old man is having a water fight with his younger sister. With a garden hose in hand, he's chasing her around the family yard, spraying her with water. She's trying to dodge the water as best as she can, but soon she's completely soaked from head to toe. Then, to get revenge, she jumps on her brother and gives him a big wet hug. The young man, laughing, looks at her with love and kindness, when suddenly... Police car tires screech at the street corner. The vehicle comes to a sudden stop, right in front of the yard. Two officers get out and approach the young man menacingly. You're under arrest for armed robbery. They grab him by the shoulders, handcuff him, and blindfold him. He barely has time to reassure his terrified little sister before the two police officers shove him violently into the car and speed off. In the darkness, the young man thinks he's never committed any crime in his life. But despite the instinctive fear gnawing at his gut, he has a small idea in his head. Two weeks ago, he agreed to participate in a sociological study on the prison system. He's almost certain all of this is just a simulation, an artifice. And he's right. However, he's far from imagining that in just a few days, this study will turn into a test, and the test into a nightmare. Hello, I'm Fabrice. Welcome to Fabulous Destinies. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about a social psychology experiment that's both fascinating and disturbing. Its goal was to demonstrate that in certain extreme situations, the role we are assigned and the legitimacy we're given are more important than our personality. But when those roles are those of guards and prisoners, things can quickly go wrong. Its name, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Between sadism and submission, power and humiliation, discover its fabulous destiny. After a few minutes of driving, the police car stops. The young man still has his eyes blindfolded and is escorted by the two police officers to the basement of the building. What he doesn't know is that it's actually Stanford University and the lower floor has been transformed into a makeshift prison. When the blindfold is removed, the young man sees a sterile white hallway 
three large cells with bars and eleven other young men, like him, looking a bit disoriented. The whole scene is very impressive, much more than the few tests and simple questions he expected. But for $15 a day, he's ready to play along. After all, it might be a chance to make some new friends. The 12 young men look at each other, smiling. What have they gotten themselves into? Instantly, the situation brings them closer together. They start talking and imagining what's in store for them. When suddenly a door at the end of the hallway opens and a man in his 40s emerges. He has long hair, a stern gaze, and a meticulously trimmed beard and a mustache around his mouth. His red shirt and yellow tie, already eccentric for the time, contrast with his authoritarian attitude. This man is Dr. Zimbardo, the project leader and responsible for the experiment. His entire persona exudes a mixture of fear and respect, and within seconds, silence falls. He walks among the 12 young men and in a firm voice explains the project to them. I am the director of this prison. You have been randomly selected among the candidates to fill the role of prisoners. You will be locked up here for two weeks while my team and I monitor your every move. Please note that no physical violence will be inflicted upon you during your incarceration. Now let the guards in. Immediately, 12 other young men burst into the corridor. They all wear the same cocky uniform, wooden batons and reflective sunglasses, making any eye contact impossible. They too are barely 20-year-old students. Like the prisoners, they participate in the experiment for $15 a day, but their mission is quite different. By using their chosen methods and organizing themselves, they must maintain order in the prison. During the following hours, the prisoners are lined up by the guards, undressed and cleaned with antiseptic sprays. Instead of clothing, they will now wear a shapeless gown, rubber flip-flops and a piece of elasticated flesh-colored cloth on their heads to simulate a shaved head. Each is assigned a number that will be their only identity during their detention. The 24 young men, guards and prisoners, do not know each other. They were selected from all over the country via an advertisement in the newspaper. But very quickly, they develop a sort of complicity. It must be said that the experiment is original. And even though each tries to play the game as best as they can, laughter is not uncommon. It looks like a ridiculous play where roles have been poorly assigned. Some guards have a very relative authority over certain prisoners who, conversely, have a low capacity for obedience and submission. And that is precisely what interests Dr. Zimbardo. In a context such as the prison environment, the psychologist seeks to understand whether it is the personality of individuals or the roles assigned to each that shape behaviors. The rest of the experiment will provide him with a clear and terrifying answer. After the first day in the general hilarity, the team of guards realizes that they are not really fulfilling their mission. 
The prisoners mock them with joy, do not eat in silence as they are asked to, and tell jokes through the bars of their cells. Their behavior then changes drastically. They start to wake up prisoners in the middle of the night for roll call, force them to do repeated push-ups, and clean toilets with their bare hands. They even go so far as to strip the prisoners naked in front of everyone and make them dance while tapping their buttocks with their batons. Order now reigns in the prison, but the experiment has taken a completely different turn. On the one hand, the guards seem to enjoy their new power and do not hesitate to do overtime and be zealous. On the other hand, the mental state of the prisoners visibly deteriorates. The only attempt at revolt that they made was methodically and sadistically repressed. They now submit to the guards and accept all humiliations as long as they are not physically beaten. Many of them suffer from sleep disorders, nightmares, and eczema outbreaks. They lose their sense of time and, above all, reality. After four days, some prisoners have even forgotten that they are there of their own free will. One morning, Dr. Zambardo interviews the 22-year-old young man. Would he be willing to be released on parole in exchange for a suspension of his daily pay? The prisoner immediately accepts. He would do anything to see his little sister again and have a water fight with her in the family garden. He terribly misses her joyful and childlike laughter. But when the psychologist refuses, the young man just begs him. Why continue the experiment if he is willing to give up his salary? It makes no sense, unless his 24 subjects have so internalized their roles that they have forgotten who they really are. Free men! Dr. Zimbardo is fascinated by the turn of events. On the sixth day, Dr. Zimbardo's partner comes down to the basement of Stanford University to observe the experiment. She is also a graduate in psychology. However, when she witnesses the appalling conditions of the mock prison and the acute emotional disturbances of the participants, she is filled with horror. What is happening is deeply immoral. How is it that no one has realized it? She talks to Dr. Zimbardo, who suddenly becomes aware of their reality. He has himself been caught up in his own study and has internalized his role as prison director too much. He immediately puts an end to the project and restores the 24 young men to their civilian lives on August 20th, 1971. None of the participants suffered long-term psychological damage. However, some of the young men who played the role of guards, ordinary individuals without a particular history or inclination towards sadism, then realized the inhuman and cruel potential that lay deep within them. Dr. Zimbardo later called this mechanism the Lucifer Effect. Today, the Stanford Prison Experiment is widely criticized by the scientific community. Immoral, biased, non-reproducible, it has no sociological or psychological value and only had the effect of torturing the minds of 24 young men in 1971. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave comments and ratings on your favorite podcast apps.